Welcome to the Homeschool Show with North Carolinians for Home Education. Our goal is to help you homeschool with confidence and joy. I'm your host, Matthew McDill, and we're here again in the studio with John Lewis. Hello, Matthew. How it's are good to you? See you. Yeah. Got a dad joke for you again All right, today. Let's go. All right. So, what did the father buffalo say to his kid when <laughs> he left for college? Okay. What did the father buffalo say? Bye, son. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, this episode is brought to you by Summit Ministries. They sponsor all of the bad dad jokes where your teens can learn to own their own faith. Uh, We're going to switch things up again this week, and we're going to start with the homeschool conversation segment. Today, we're going to talk with Ted Budd, who's running for the U.S. Senate from North Carolina. And we also are going to have our homeschool news segment where we'll tell you more about DNP's report to the North Carolina Joint Legislative Oversight Committee. And we'll also tell you how you can get a free conference registration uh, coming up, the Thrive Homeschool Conference in May. And then homeschool reality moment, we're going to take a look at uh, Jessica's video. She's going to share a tip for us uh, about how to help young students learn their letters. So, Matthew, why don't you tell us about Ted and what we've got on the schedule today. Yeah, uh, we're excited to have uh, Ted Budd on um, a video call here. And he is a small businessman raised in Davie County, where he and his wife, Amy Kate, live today with their three children and Boone, their dog. I'm glad they included that. <laughs> uh, Ted and Amy Kate homeschooled all three of their children. So I guess we already know the answer to one of our questions. Right. What do they think about homeschooling? Um, and Ted served on the uh, North Carolina for North Carolinians for Home Education Board from 2008 to 2010. Uh, Ted was elected a, uh, to Congress in 2016 and has established a strong conservative record supporting efforts to secure our borders and stand up for America first policies that protect American jobs while being an advocate for educational freedom and the right of every parent to have a say in their children's education, which is a really big deal, big conversation Absolutely. right now. Yeah. Ted has spent his career as a small businessman and presently owns and operates a gun store and training center. Ted is also the candidate President Donald Trump has endorsed in the campaign for U.S. Senate. So welcome to the show, Ted. John, great to be with you both. Thank you for having me. Uh, So I'm glad you mentioned that about being on the NCHE board. I think that would be a full disclosure comment here for us as this is the (laughs) NCHE show. Uh, and uh, and you've been on the board. We appreciate you you serving uh, there at that time. Uh, that's always important. So um, although it's obvious as a as a home educator, tell tell us about your your heart for homeschooling and what you think about that. Yeah, this really started. Uh, you know, my wife and I we met. You know, a lot of our eyes are on Ukraine right now, and so mm. we're very concerned what's going on uh, with Russia's unjust war. Uh, the reason I bring that up with a homeschool question is because after my, my wife and I, we met in Moscow, Kiev, and then Leningrad on a Josh McDowell mission trip. Hmm. And it was uh, uh, three years later, that was August of 1991 when, when we met. And that's when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, the Ukraine separated uh, from the Soviet Union, became independent. Um, but a few years later, we attended Dallas Theological Seminary. So I think after we were getting both of our degrees in education, uh, we had a heart for Christian education. And then more specifically, um, Amy Kate really sensed a calling towards the end of our time at Dallas Theological Seminary. I sensed a call to return to business and not in direct, you know, 
paid full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sensed a call to homeschool our kids. And uh, we, we left Dallas, Texas and returned to our family farm. Uh, she was uh, with a child with our first, uh, who would to be, jo- who would, uh, who was Joshua. And uh, she really uh, sensed that the Lord was calling her to homeschool. So we did ever since, uh, I guess he was born, but officially when he was around four or five years old, she started. Um, so that's when we started going to the, the homeschool conferences there in Winston-Salem and just have had a heart ever since. And our youngest is now almost out of the house. She's 17 and our oldest is 22. So um, all three of our kids have uh, been homeschooled all the way through and are, are doing great. Could you give us just one one thought on what you think is important about home education, why, why you would choose that route? Yeah, look, it's it's not for everybody, but it's really developed. Remember, let's go back to 1982, and I think on your board, or at least they were when I was there, Spencer and Debbie Mason. I mean, they've done so much for homeschool homeschools in North Carolina. It, it, back in 1982, it was illegal to do it. Um, in, in early, probably in the 60s or 70s, it was really not even a conservative movement. It was just people who wanted to be you know, kind of against the man and not be part of the system. Uh, but now it's, you know, it's much more conservative, but not all people that do it are Christian or conservative. Um, but I just want to, you know, make sure it's easier for people who want to homeschool. And uh, a lot of it takes place at the state level in North Carolina. I'm, I'm a federal legislator, uh, but we want to make sure that federally uh, we do as many things as we can to make homeschooling uh, friendly and an option for parents who want to do so. Hmm. Hey, uh, Ted, you know, right now in in the news uh, locally, there's a lot of uh, um, kind of a lot of smoke going on right now about homeschool. And and, uh, you know, we, you heard the talking points for what we're going to be discussing today on this episode. So do you, do you believe there's any changes that need to be made to North Carolina homeschool laws? You know, I think in the last two years, uh, because of the way the pandemic was handled, um, almost every parent of a school-aged child became a homeschooler. Some of them actually stuck with, you know, registering with a Department of Non-Public Instruction and opening up their own homeschool. I think uh, I I heard rumors, maybe you can validate this, whether their system crashed because there were so many people, so many parents uh, opening their own homeschools and actually starting down the road. Um, so, uh, at the state level, um, you want to make sure, uh, that there's, first of all, that it remain, that it's still legal. You don't want to have anybody threatening because there are a lot of hostile act- actors out there that think everyone must be in a, in a public school. It's fine for some. Um, but I think educational choice is first and foremost. So I want to maintain an environment of educational choice so that parents can be the ones that make the ultimate decision for their children. And a lot of people have voted with their feet over the past decades, but also in the past uh, two years uh, to go with homeschooling. So you want to make it friendly. And because of the uh, IRS and the taxes uh, that we help legislate up here, you want to make sure that um, if there's an opportunity that there's a deduction for homeschooling expenses and educational expenses related to homeschooling. That's something that I would be supportive of. That's that's a great point because I, I know that um, – I know people in the educational system who think that we already get those things, and so um, it's it's interesting to have conversations about that. Are you? So it sounds like I already know the answer to this, but do you, do you plan to protect uh, to help protect the rights of parents to freely teach their children at home? 
absolutely. I think that's the best environment, whether look, whether they are homeschoolers or whether they're sending their kids to some other form of education, the accountability starts and stops with the parents and having responsibilities for their children. So I want to, I want to foster uh, parental account- accountability and responsibility for their kids. That's awesome. So as you mentioned, you know, <clears throat> the, the laws for, for homeschooling are, are state focused, uh, especially here in North Carolina. Um, I wonder, you know, if there's an intersection or what the intersection is at the federal level um, that I guess serving as a senator would impact. I guess uh, maybe that would be so that uh, the, the uh, federal government does not get involved in that or, or what would your view uh, at that level be? A lot of what we do, whether it's in the U.S. House, where I serve now since 2016, have, you know, since then, um, or whether it would be on the U.S. Senate side, it's a a lot of it is stopping really bad ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, if we think, you know, back through the historical institutions of the family, the church um, and the government, and they all seem to be in, 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 especially with government and the other two, they seem to be in tension with one another um, throughout history. So I would say you make sure that there's not a governmental incursion um, over, you know, family authority um, and religious authority and make sure that, that parents have, have you know, their right to homeschool their kids um, and make sure that there's, there's not government intrusion on people's personal rights. So uh, anything else you'd like to share? I'd like to hear any more of what you think would be some of the most important aspects of, uh, of your campaign you can share with us? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to the campaign, I'm the conservative fighter. I'm a business person. I've got an agricultural background. You mentioned that, uh, you know, in North Carolina, that's our single biggest industry. Um, you, you, you know, unless you're, you're driving around the state, you might see the farms. But if you're in an urban center, you might not think about it until you go to the grocery store. Um, I want to make it easier for regular working families out there, um, including getting a hold, getting some fiscal responsibility back to our government not paying people to not work and stay at home, which you're not producing. And then you take this uh, government money and you're throwing uh, all this this money at people that aren't producing. And then now you have runaway inflation as a result of it. So we have to have fiscal responsibility. Um, I want people to know that I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I came to Christ at a young age. And I want to know that I'm a business person. I have a business background and also know how to win races. I jumped into this race in 2016, a business guy that had never run for office before. Interestingly, nationally, there was a business guy that had never run for office before. Mm -hmm. And nationally, he was in a 17-way race. And then locally, I was in a 17-way race in a primary and came out of that with twice as many votes as the next person. Um, But the real fight came in 2018. That's when Nancy Pelosi handpicked somebody to run against me. And by God's Mm -hmm. grace and a lot of hard work, uh, we beat her by six points. So this time we got to do it to Chuck Schumer as he's going to come after North Carolina. And uh, if I can get through this primary on May 17th, it's looking like I I will, but I've got to put in a lot of hard work to do so. And um, uh, we're very optimistic about that. But it's always a fight here in North Carolina um, for uh, those who are constitutionalists and those who are conservative. So the the primaries are set. I I saw that it had been postponed, but I I wasn't aware. So that's uh, May you said May 17th? May 17th, okay. 61 days from now, the day we're recording. And uh, But hey, who's counting? It was originally, <laughs> uh, it was going to be on March 8th. And then um, we have very activist courts that want to have um, oversight over our, judici- our legislation, our legislators in Raleigh. And uh, they moved it from March 8th to May 17th. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. A lot of that had to do with the congressional districts, the um, state districts, state house, state senate, and also the U.S. congressional districts that are drawn by uh, the state house and state senate. So why don't we uh, wrap it up with, do you have a word of encouragement for our audience, for homeschool parents, whether that's um, as homeschool parents or as people who need to get, get involved in the, uh, the, the voting and, and political process? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, if you are a parent out there who is watching this podcast or listening to it and you're wondering, uh, because I hear a lot and uh, Matthew, John, I'm sure you've heard people, oh, I could never do that. Well, there were, we, at, you know, years ago we were there. We thought this is too hard. We can never do it. There are so many resources out there. And I would even start with NCHE as a great place to go uh, to get on their website, to call someone to say, how do I figure this out? If that's something that you're interested in. Um, and then you got the Thrive, Thrive Con- Conference, which is a, a great thing to go to. Uh, but I would also say support those who support your right for educational freedoms. And in this case, particularly to this uh, podcast, video cast that we're having today, uh, homeschooling. Um, and you've got to have those. I think it's helpful to have those who have been through it, have done it for the last uh, 15 years or, or longer and um, uh, almost 20 years now that uh, we, we've homeschooled. So I think we need folks that, that know how to do this and know the importance of it and uh, are willing to stand up for your rights. All right, we've That's been awesome. talking to Ted Budd, and you can go to tedbud.com. That's with two Ds, T-E-D-B-U-D-D.com, and uh, learn more about what he's doing and what he's fighting for. We really appreciate you joining us today and getting to hear your heart on these issues. John, Matthew, you've been uh, your real inspiration. I look forward to seeing you all in person real soon. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thanks for being with us. Awesome. All right. Uh, bef- before was- we go to uh, homeschool news, we want to tell you about our show sponsor for this episode. Yeah. So questions uh, that teens tend to ask, things like, does God exist? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, can we even know what the truth is? How does it, how does this give meaning to my life? Today's young adults face so many more challenges than ever, and at Summit Ministries, they are equipped and supported to embrace God's truth and live lives filled with purpose. The time for their faith to be strengthened is now. So give your students an unshakable faith as they prepare to graduate from high school. Get discounts, view dates, and details online at summit.org slash N-C-H-E. That last part is very important, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that was great. I've, I've, uh, I've never met Ted, but he was uh, on the board, it looks like, about the time that we started coming to the Thrive Conference and getting involved yeah, in that's right. N-C-H-E. Uh, I, I didn't mention that w- with him, but we actually went to uh, App State right around the same time, and my wife Dana and Ted were in uh, crew together. Oh, well, then that, that means he that was that same time. Yeah, he was I been there. Oh, yeah. He was ending while we were beginning, but oh. or about the same time. We should have asked him. Well, we were in the same class, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I've been there. I should have known that. Huh? Yeah. OK, well, I'll have to talk to him about that next time we get a chance to speak. All right. All right. So we're going to head into some homeschool news and uh, we want to pick up a little bit where we left off last time mm. because we were yeah. talking about the. Um, DNPE report to the North Carolina Joint Legislative Oversight Committee, which happened on March March 8th. Mm. And as reported last week, there is no current cause for alarm because there are no current bills uh, that could change homeschool legislation. 
Um, there, some of the reporting on it was causing alarm, and so we right. just wanted to clarify that there's nothing on the docket right now uh, for us to be concerned about. Um, at the same time, we know that some are calling for more government oversight of homeschooling, and so we're going to keep a close watch on it. Uh, in fact, I want to go ahead and mention, since we have time, an article that, that just came out um, doing that very thing. <clears throat> um, it is from North Carolina Policy Watch website by Rob Schofield, and the title of the article is An Education Free-for-All. And the first heading states this, North Carolina's complete lack of homeschool oversight is a disservice to children and our state's future. Hmm. So Schofield uh, in this article claims that there is no oversight at all and that DNPE can't do anything if a homeschool does not follow the law. And hmm. we just like to clarify that neither of those things are true. Uh, there certainly is uh, oversight. We have homeschool laws in place that have uh, certain requirements that homeschool uh, families have to fulfill. Um, I'm sure that it's not uh, as much oversight as some people want, but there certainly is oversight. Yeah. In addition, um, if if a homeschool family does not fulfill those legal obligations, then the DNPE has the authority to close that school. And so, again, the idea that there's nothing they can do um, yeah. is not true. Um, however, Schofield also claims that the DNPE is very under-resourced and short-staffed. Uh, this is actually definitely true. Right. <laughs> and we hope that the DNPE gets what they need to fulfill their responsibility according to the law as it now stands. Um, this is actually exactly why the DNPE was giving a report to the Joint Legislative Oversight Committee meeting. Uh, they were trying to ask for the resources to do that. And as we mentioned last time, you know, we support the DNPE and their ability to fulfill the law as it now stands. And so we want to co cooperate with them. We hope they get the resources to do that. Uh, we just want to make sure that the law doesn't get changed. Yeah, yeah. That would be uh, that would be bad. You know, the North Carolina Division of Non-Public Education requested funding, as Matthew was talking about, to carry out their duties, and they specified that they would allocate those funds in two ways. First, improvements to the DNP website that would make it easier for homeschool administrators to access and update online accounts. And second, three additional employees are needed for many of the tasks the tasks that the office carries out. An example of that's the uh, driver's eligibility certificates they have to deal with on mm -hmm. a regular basis, which we just did that for hours yeah. recently. So um, I'm going to have to do that a few more times. Yeah, unfortunately, you, I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Between the two of us, we could uh, well we could fill this room. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another thing that happened uh, at this committee meeting where. Um, Shanae Flood, who is uh, heading up the DNPE at this time, presented some important updated information uh, about uh, homeschoolers that we didn't have at the time. So this is really fresh information. Okay. Uh, before the pandemic, the average number of notice of intents, NOIs, to operate a homeschool filed was around 9,000. So Every, every family who wants to open a homeschool has to do what this is called a notice of intent. We often call it opening your homeschool, right, mm -hmm. with the DNP. So around average, average number around 9,000. So during the academic year 2020 and 2021, the uh, notice of, of intents filed was 19,454. Wow. 
So that more, almost doubled, yeah. more, more than doubled, more than doubled there. Yeah. And then between July 1st, 21 and January 31st, 22, 12,314 NOIs were filed. Mm. So that's halfway and we're already up to 12. Mm-hmm. So this is growing fast. It is. It is. And and I'll, I'll tell you this, too, as an anecdote, I know that there are a lot of parents of public school students who saw themselves as homeschool parents mm-hmm. uh, just through comments on social media, people right. in our church and stuff like that. They all say they all make comments about being homeschool parents, and I didn't correct them. But it's yeah. not the same. And they sent their kids back to the school system. Uh, but we keep ours here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the long-term so, homeschoolers. That's right. But uh, it's very different, and I'm uh, and I'm excited to see those numbers increase. Well, I want to go. Let's go yeah. over some of these uh, numbers that we had before. I think they're worth mentioning. Um, obviously, during the pandemic, private schools and charter schools uh, grew, while the student population in public schools showed a marked decline. Mm. At the end of 2020, 21 academic year, there were 112,614 open homeschools. Wow. Uh, DNPE estimates that there were about 1.6 students per per homeschool for a total of 179,900 students. And of course, when we reported that, we laughed heartily. (laughs) Yeah, we did. That there would be 1.6 students (laughs) in each school. NCHE believes that a more realistic estimate is 2.5. And we at that time, even said that's conservative. Still, is it not? Yeah, yeah. I think I said something like four hundred thousand, or was my guess. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, this represents more than sixteen point six percent of the total North Carolina K through twelve student population. Oh wow, that's really significant amount. It is. And since homeschools uh, with only students below the age of seven, uh, since most homeschools with only students below the age of seven do not officially open a school yeah. because they don't have to, uh, that doesn't even count those yeah. those students and those families. Well, you heard Bud say that, you know, around age four or five, they started officially, and that's kind of what we did. We yeah. you know, we started around that age. But um, but Debbie talked uh, a few episodes back about, uh, Debbie Mason shared mm-hmm. about why that is, about the testing and all that sort of thing. You don't have to, t- you have to test them once you register and open. That's right, when they're seven. Annually. So, so that's why, that's one reason for waiting. That's good. Those are really great stats. And before we uh, before we go on to our next segment, we want to tell you about how you can get a free Thrive Conference registration this year. There's four ways, and so we want to share those with you. Um, the first is recommend the Thrive Conference to other people. Tell your fellow homeschoolers about Thrive. And if four paying first-timers register, your conference registration is reimbursed. Um, second way that you can do this is parents of preschoolers, if your oldest child is under the age of five, which means they can't turn five before September of 2022, and you've never attended the conference, your registration is free, but you have to nice. pre-register in order to get it. So the third way is that single parent homeschoolers have the opportunity for a scholarship, mm-hmm. and the deadline to apply for that is March 31st. So make sure that you get that registration in. It's coming up soon. Um, and then the fourth opportunity is to volunteer. Uh, if you volunteer for 10 hours, you can get your registration reimbursed, uh, and more details about that are found on our registration page on the 
uh, NCHE website, nche.com. You can look for the Thrive Conference information. It is May 26th through the 28th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And if you have questions, you can email Debbie Mason at events at nche.com. And we didn't get to have the talent show last year, but we're going to do that this year, right? We are. And the deadline for that. Uh, is April 15th. So you want to go to the the Thrive homepage and find out how to apply for that. All right. Are we ready for the homeschool let's reality moment? All right. Jessica's going to share a tip with helping, uh, about helping students learn their letters. So let's take a look. Hi, this is Jessica and Benjamin, and we're going to show you a tip for helping young readers and writers with their letters. You take a baking sheet or any kind of a pan that has a little bit of a lip on it. You pour some cornmeal into it. Grits would also work. Give it a little shake so there's an even surface. And now Benjamin is going to show you how he writes his letters. Ben, you want to write an E for us? So he can trace a letter in the cornmeal. That's a great E then. Now shake it, and just with a little shake, it goes away and he's ready to start again. Ben, how about the letter that says X, X, X? That's right. And there he's drawn an X. And he doesn't have to worry about holding the pencil correctly or how the pencil is against the paper, if it's too light or too dark or the lead breaks. All he has to think about is the shape of the letter and the sound he makes. And see that smile on his face? So proud of learning his letters. And soon, Ben will be reading and writing on paper and with books. But for now, this is a great way for him to get some practice. All right. Well, thanks, Jessica, for sharing that tip. Uh, if you want to send in a video for the Homeschool Reality Moment, you can send that to nche.com slash upload reality moment. Uh, we appreciate you joining us today, and you can help other people find the show by subscribing and following, liking, rating on all the uh, platforms that you may be able to listen to the show on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, your other favorite uh, podcasts. You can go to nche.com slash the homeschool show and find out where we are and how to do that. We're so grateful you're here, and until next time, continue to homeschool with confidence and joy. We'll see you next week.